Black Tree Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black Tree Crime. Do not go gentle into that good night. Hello everyone! Hey guys! I'm Kayla. And I'm Kristen. And this is Black True Crime. And if this is your first time here at the show, friend, welcome and hello. What's poppin'? Today we are very excited to be back because, well, I always say we're excited, but I speak for myself. Kristen B. (laughs) She just be showing up, child. (laughs) Well, I'm excited because I know what case we're doing. I know what to look forward to so yeah i just want to dive right in should we give them an update on my pregnancy though absolutely kayla you're huge okay well if you guys are on patreon you see it lots of belly i'm 36 weeks and one day today as of the recording of this episode and i'm really excited which means the baby's almost here he's almost here he's almost here so yeah if you guys still want to get me something on my registry you totally can there's still time uh the link will be in the description and to everyone that's already bought stuff i'm obsessed with you and i love you and i'm going to personally send you a thank you so i'm just waiting until the baby gets here and then i'm going to send it all out but thank you so thank you guys so much means a lot okay you ready sister let's get into it let's get started this week's case takes us to 1920s Egypt, when so much civil and economic unrest was going on that two women were able to not only murder over a dozen people, but got away with it by hiding the evidence in their own homes. So join us as we discussed the sisters, Raya and Sakina Haman. Period. And no shame. <laughs> <laughs> to the victims but like no. we haven't talked about sisters yet sister no. i think we've talked about sisters before but it's been at least a definitely a long time long enough for me not to remember exactly so i'm excited and also i think it's raya but i may say raya raya i don't know we're also going to egypt so you guys know i may not pronounce everything right but i have practiced so give me a fucking break okay we will see all right raya hamam Haman was born in 1875 in the Egyptian city of Aswan. Her parents were Ali Haman and Zainab, but Raya didn't get to spend much time with her dad because by 1885, he had suddenly passed away. Oh, rest in peace, dad. Rest in peace to her dad. And that left 10-year-old Raya and pregnant Zainab alone to fend for themselves. So before giving birth to her second child, Zainab and Raya moved to Kafral Sheik, which is a province located between Dometa and Alexandria. Okay. Good Lord. We're so already she, off to a rough start. I would say, Kayla, say it with confidence, even if it's wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so at this point, she is by herself. She is pregnant. She has a 10-year-old. She's flipping out. Mm-hmm. She decides to move. Yes. Okay. Yes. Later that year, she gave birth to her second daughter, Sakina. As a widowed single mother of two, Zainab really struggled to provide for her and the girls. So as soon as she was able to, she married Raya off to a man she saw as a suitable husband. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't you just get her a job? <laughs> Why you got to marry her off? 
Raya became pregnant not too long after the marriage, but just like her mother, she was widowed not too long after. Dang, is there a curse on these women? Well, it's just the times, I think. I think everyone was just dying. And Raya was probably married off to an old man. Mm, That makes a lot of sense, sister. So maybe it was just natural causes. Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to find how he died or her dad died, but I just know that they died. She wasn't single for long because her dead husband's younger brother offered to marry her and help raise the baby. (laughs) I just hear younger, so I ain't mad. Right, he was like 10 years younger than her husband and then we're going to see a picture of him so her husband wasn't that much older than her okay. i don't think because the new husband looks more like her speed okay and this may sound weird to us because we're like westerners but it was actually pretty common back in the day to like marry your brother's widow i believe it it's in the bible oh okay the man's name is hashabala hashabala hasabala hasabala i like it and Raya was cool with the arrangement, so Hasabala left his job working as a security guard to join his new wife in Kafral Sheik. I hope he got a job when he got there. He found a new job. Okay. <laughs> in the cotton industry. So he was still providing. Oh, he was picking cotton. Mm. <laughs> Kristen. <laughs> Maybe he was spinning it. No, Maybe. he was more likely picking oh, he was, it. Okay. Definitely gatherer. Damn it. Well, more tragedy would strike. Because less than a year after the new couple got married, Raya's child died. No. Mm-hmm. She has experienced like so much loss already. I'm like, damn, this poor girl. Way too much. And a child dying, you know that's going to wreck her. 100%. But the couple stayed together and would go on to have five children together. Thank God. With only one surviving to adulthood. What the heck? What time is it again? 1920s? This is like 19... She was born in 18, what, 75? So this is probably like 1910s. Wow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Super early, but kind of just gives you an idea of what the conditions were back then, too. Even in Egypt. Mm -hmm. The daughter that survived, her name was Badia. Hey, girl. We'll talk a little bit about her in a little bit. So could you imagine, Kristen, birthing five children... And losing, I'm sorry, birthing six children and then losing five of them. It sounds so animalistic. Like, yeah, you know, like what animals have to go through, mm-hmm. not human beings. Like when they eat their young. Or and when somebody eats their young, you exactly. know. But either way, it's pain. I can't imagine. I can't. I can't imagine. Rhea's younger sister, Sakina, got married too and had a daughter that she named Zainab after their mother. Aw. But that baby died not too long after being born. This is too much. Yeah. So I think I'm just including this, obviously, because it's a part of their lives and it's what they went through. But Mm -hmm. it's a lot of loss early in their lives that they just had to kind of move past to make sure that they were taking care of themselves. Because at this time, money wasn't growing on trees. Like It wasn't that easily accessible. So they just had to keep it fucking moving. And I think maybe they didn't grieve properly. So that could have had something to do with how they turned out. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. This is them already getting conditioned to be desensitized to death. There you go, sister. So this is what Rhea and Sakina was giving. <laughs> Kristen. <laughs> oh, they look like they daddy. Well, okay. <laughs> That's what it's giving. They look like men. They, they, they are not soft on the eyes. Okay. You know. They, they look 
better as they got older. Right. You right, know, right. but and these look like hardworking women. We're in these streets. We're doing what we have to do to survive. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Sakina's marriage didn't last long. And after two more years together, after the death of their baby, they divorced. Mm-hmm. But while working as a prostitute in a brothel, she met a man named Abdul Ayo, who ended up marrying her. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. She married a trick. How does she manage? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> is that normal? To From, marry a trick? Yeah. Like, is Probably that a normal then. request? Maybe back then. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Because nowadays, like, rule number one, don't, don't fall for, fall your for trick. a trick. <laughs> <laughs> how a do trick we is know, no trick. Kayla? <laughs> Kayla, how do we know? I don't know. We know a couple of whores. I'm just kidding. Kayla! Okay, I'm just kidding. We probably do. Yeah, we do. I did. Remember Chelsea? She fell Kayla, for her trick. I knew you. Just... She did. She fell for her trick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she meaning Sakina, and her new husband decided to move to the city of Alexandria for a new start. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't long before Hasabala, who was working in the cotton industry, lost his job, and the money wasn't really, like, giving anyway. Mm-hmm. So he was in the cotton industry, and he was also a thief, Ooh. and he was a hashish smuggler. Oh, he was smuggling that hash. On the side. Mm-hmm. That hash. Mm-hmm. For those of us who don't know hash, hash is basically like Reggie. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was like a... I don't even want to get into it because someone's yelling at us and literally laughing at us because we're so wrong. (laughs) We could be wrong, but (laughs) from what I heard from an ex who had hash in his country and it was very prevalent because they don't have marijuana there, Mm -hmm. he basically said it's like Reggie. Shout out to Oman. So he was smuggling hashish on the side for some money, but he found himself in a lot of trouble in Kafrao Zayat which is a city, I think, close to where they were living at the time. And that led to him and Raya being completely banned from the area. Like, they couldn't fucking go. <laughs> like, dang, dude. Yeah, he was breaking the law. And he That's, wasn't quiet about it. Right. It's kind of like how Terrell's dad was banned from the state of Georgia for, like, 15 years because of the shit he was doing. So crazy. So crazy. I didn't even know you could do that me either but yeah so the couple was banned and that's when they decided to move to alexandria with sakina and her man period and they settled in the same area which was al laban in alexandria they're about to cut up Mm -hmm. i can tell both couples now had to figure out a way to make money but they didn't go the regular route that you'd expect so like you know regular jobs or a legitimate business oh no they went where the money was and with sakina's past experience working in this field she knew what they should do oh they should open a brothel period <laughs> Kristen, i ain't mad not mad either and at the time egypt was being ruled by the british government and i read that britain made alcohol legal and even though prostitution wasn't technically legal there were like ways around it when it came to opening the, bro- the brothel operating mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and because the economy had essentially completely collapsed the people of egypt had to do what they could to survive period mm-hmm. so the two women along with their husbands and two other men named orabi and abdul razik and these two men were like considered bouncers or security guards okay they opened their first brothel which was located near the british army base Perfect. Mm-hmm. Those will say, be their customers. Great location. Mm-hmm. And it attracted a lot of like British soldiers and local businessmen. And of course, a lot of these men were already married. So, But in this way, they're kind of protecting their business too. Because you're going to have people that have influence on the British side mm-hmm. going to your business. So they're not going to be so quick to shut you down. 110% sister. Because they're getting their rocks off. Mm-hmm. 
So they hired sex workers who attracted high-paying clientele, and they seemed to be making pretty good money for a little bit. But at some point, someone in the group decided that the money they were making just wasn't enough. Greedy mother effers. It's never going to be enough. I'll tell you right now. So Raya and Hasabala, you can see if you're on Patreon, you see it. Handsome men. And then Sakina and Abdul. Handsome men. Not bad. Not, not bad. bad at all. Wow. Right? Yeah, not bad. <laughs> no shade. So yeah, so the couples, I don't know whose idea it was, and we may never truly know. It may all be speculation, but at this point, someone was like, we got to take this a little step further. So they started targeting specific people to come into the brothels. Like who? Specifically women that wore a lot of jewelry. Okay. Okay, because during this time, wealthy Egyptian women, like they weren't trusting banks. They weren't putting their money in banks or anything. They were wearing it. They were purchasing like gold jewelry, and that's where their money was. Okay. So robbing the women seemed to be working really well, and the cash flow allowed the foursome to open a couple more brothels around the city. Oh, so they was robbing women. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh. They was luring them in and robbing them of their jewelry. Oh, goodness. Right. It right. was Havasalas' idea. Hasabala? Oh. <laughs> it was Hasa's idea because he was already robbing I was in about the other to say, country. I was about I mean, to say, other, maybe he did throw that idea out there. Yeah, I think so. And everyone was like, shit, why not? Mm-hmm. And it's women, so you're not, mm-hmm. what you gonna do? They gonna hit you, you're gonna be okay. Exactly. But as their brothel empire expanded, reports of missing women increased and started to gain the attention of the people and the authorities of Alexandria. Oh, so they weren't just robbing them. Mm-mm. They started robbing and then they ended with murder. What? Yeah. I hate when women are involved with victimizing I hate women. It. it makes me so mad. And and to me, like, harlot houses aren't victimizations of women unless those women are not, like, they don't want to be there. Yeah. You know? But if a woman is running a harlot house, those women want to be there, period. Right, because a lot of these women, like, their husbands were off fighting in the war mm-hmm. and, you know, stuff like that. So they had to find a way to make money for themselves, their children, all that. So a lot of these women that they ended up luring in, they had other jobs, but they were working, like, as sex workers on the side in the brothels. Mm. The first known victim of the foursome was a woman named Hanim. And she was actually Raya's neighbor at the time. And one day Raya noticed that Hanim was wearing some new jewelry that she had just bought. Um, it's the covetous I was about me. to say, a coveter. Never mm-hmm. trust a coveter. Like people that are jealous of you, bitch, stay far away. I know sometimes we think it's cute. I thought it was cute when I was younger. Yeah, you did. But like, they're liable to do anything. Period. So when Raya saw this, she was pissed straight off the bat and was immediately jealous and decided that Hanim would be her next target. Ew. Mm-hmm. Raya killed Hanim. I don't think the details are surrounding her death were ever like released because I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. But she ended up killing her. And we do know that after Raya committed the murder, she contacted her sister Sakina to come over to the house. Raya, what are you doing? Girl, Girl. when did you become this murderess? This greedy bitch. Yeah, like you making money. Y'all are business owners, probably making money, more money than half the people in your area. Mm-hmm. And you're mad because she has on some jewelry. And the thing that I was confused about is I was like, was money that bad to the point that they needed to do this? Because they ain't even got kids to support for real, for real. They got one daughter. Right. You know? So it, no, I don't know. It's giving greedy. Yeah. It turned into something else. Definitely. 
By the time Sakina arrived, both Abdul and Arabi, which were the two like security guard mm-hmm. bouncers, were already digging a grave to put Hanim's body in. My God. Sakina wasn't really sure like what was going on because mm-hmm. I don't even think Raya told her yet. And then she turned around and saw Hanim's lifeless body like she was under a bench in the house with her eyes still stuck open. Good Lord. Yeah. And Zakina like wanted to freak out. She wanted to scream so bad, but apparently Raya threatened to kill her too if she made it. What? I know. Who does Raya think she is? Big Pimpin? Raya's the one who experienced all the loss of her children, right? She's Madame, yeah. Yeah. She's Girl, giving Mama D. Raya done bossed up. Mm, she turned into something. Mm-hmm. Sakina obviously decided to keep quiet and was given her share of what they'd stolen from Hanim, which only amounted to three Egyptian pounds. And today, Kristen, that's like less than a U.S. dollar. Good Lord. Embarrassing. Took her life for pennies. Wow. Mm-hmm. So rest in peace, Hanim. Rest in peace, Hanin. And they couldn't even close your eyes. No freaking respect. I know. Maybe they did eventually, eventually before they put her in the grave that they were digging. But still, taking her life at all is just unacceptable. Not smart either because no. you don't know who's connected to Hanin. You know, she had mm. just bought jewelry. That mm-hmm. means she probably has somebody that has seen her recently and maybe still looking for her. It's possible. But at this time, like, no one's really suspecting anything because... Mm. You know, why would her neighbor kill her? Mm-hmm. You would think that committing this murder would make the group paranoid and possibly like not want to do it again, especially mm-hmm. if they want to keep running their successful brothels. But that was not the case. Mm-hmm. In fact, their reaction was the complete opposite. And they decided that they would incorporate murder into their robbery brothel business. Just straight criminals. Like it just made it easier for them because now they didn't have to worry about the women figuring out that they were robbed and trying to come back and start shit. They could just kill him and never have to worry about it again. So at this point, like, there's no fear of the law Mm -mm. whatsoever. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Even though you just got banned out of a whole province. Oh, yeah. But remember, the country is in such a, like, unstable place. Mm -hmm. The last thing police are really worried about are people like Raya. Right. And Sakina. And Egyptian murders, too. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, they have multiple brothels. That they've set up in the city. Mm-hmm. They've rented multiple properties to be able to operate these brothels and have like different homes for themselves and different locations for what they're doing, which is murdering these women. So they have money to like Kayla, plenty. Yes, plenty of money. And they're just being evil because at this point, I don't even think it's about the money anymore. No. It's about being able to do what the fuck they want to do. Yep. And I think Raya is the head leader Mm -hmm. of it all. Good guess. Soon the group had a pretty well-oiled machine going, with everyone having their own role to play in the crimes. Rhea and Sakina's jobs were to go to the market and convince women that they saw wearing the most amount of jewelry to come back to the house, and their usual excuse was that they had some more jewelry that the women could buy that was on sale. When they arrived at the house, she would offer them a drink, so either... Rhea, Sakina, whoever, would offer them a drink and it was either laced with something that would like make them dizzy mm-hmm. or it was enough alcohol to like get them drunk or at least vulnerable. Right. Then Hasabala, Raya's husband, would hold a towel over the woman's face to suffocate her. Good Lord. Or they would strangle her while Abdul, which is Sakina's husband, and the two bouncers and then the two women would hold the woman down just so it was like less of a fight. 
So everybody is involved in killing these, these women. No one's more culpable than the next in the actual act of the murder. It's horrible. Yep. The group did this exact thing over and over and over again to the point that authorities thought they were responsible for the deaths of at least 50 women. This is crazy. You are putting your businesses at risk. Yeah. What For what? Your businesses, your life, your daughter's life. Shit. If you're really about this money, your coin hole. That's like, what I'm saying. That's, that's why it's not giving we're about this money yeah. because how much are you making at the brothels in comparison to robbing these women? Yeah. I know it ain't equal. I don't think it is either. I don't, I definitely don't think killing the women that they were killing was worth it. Nah, nah. But like, when and I think they knew that too. Really worth it. Well, you, you know, you I'm know. just saying like, as part of your business right. model, murder shouldn't be a part of your business model. Right. Crazy. <laughs> The first official missing persons report associated with the group was filed by the mother of 25-year-old Nazla Abu al-Layel. Mm-hmm. At the time of her disappearance, she was wearing gold wristlets, a silver anklet, gold earrings, and two gold rings. Girl, so you, you already know too much, girl. Rhea noticed two out of the five of those things. She was, she was going to target she her. She was on it. Mm-hmm. Another missing persons report came in shortly after. The brother of a woman named Zanuba reported that one day his sister had gone to the market but never came back. Mm. A 15-year-old girl reported her own mother missing. Another man reported that his 50-year-old wife named Fatma had gone missing and that the last time he saw her, she had 54 Egyptian pounds and was wearing 18 gold wristlets. Holy shit. Like, I, it probably was a part of their culture, too. Yeah. To, like display this type of but girl the song hasn't come out yet i guess it says you better tuck your chain before i snatch it chris said no it hasn't come out yet in 1920 (laughs) but i'm like did they not have that wherewithal to be like hmm i could be robbed by people who want what i have i'm sure they were aware of the possibility but at the same time if you're living your life you're not really thinking oh someone's going to rob me like someone I could be, even if they were robbed, they're not going to rob and kill me. You know, no one thinks that way. And, and maybe I can understand like, the comfort level that they had Yeah. during this time. Yeah, because this is their day to day. Like they're going mm-hmm. to the market. They're, it, they're not looking at these places like, oh, this is the hood. Right. Let me tuck my chain. They're probably just living their freaking lives. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to worry. You're not worried about something until you have to worry about mm-hmm. it. Another woman who worked as a kerosene seller and lived alone in Alaban was reported missing and the reports just kept coming a Sudanese mother reported her daughter missing and the daughter's name was Farduas and at the time of her disappearance she was wearing 60 Egyptian pounds worth of jewelry mm, mm, mm. And this is not a lot of money Kristen like this really is not a like lot even money. back then it wasn't a lot of money no I mean it was a good amount in the sense of like barter system mm-hmm. because I think it was more so lent that way especially with not a lot of people carrying a lot of money Mm -hmm. and not trusting the banks Mm -hmm. but if you put it in the converter today i mean 60 pounds is probably like ten dollars you know maybe Mm -hmm. in in america right but we all know back then even ten dollars now was probably like 150 Mm. back then or Mm. more Mm -hmm. the police were following up on these reports and in some cases were trying to find these missing women when investigating Farduis's disappearance, the name Sakina came up. 
Ooh. Mm-hmm. So police brought Sakina in for questioning, but she denied having anything to do with the disappearance and with no real evidence against her, they had to let her go. I bet Raya was sweating bricks too. Sakina out of all of them was probably the weakest one when it came to snitching. You would think so. Ooh. You would think so. We're going to get to it. Okay. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Y'all know I'm always talking about how I'm about to be a mom and things are going to change for me. And Well, I didn't think about the postpartum part of it. I haven't thought about how mentally, emotionally, just all that stuff, I'm going to be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to need some better help. <laughs> you really are. I'm going to need some help from BetterHelp to get through all this. Yes. You're going to need to talk to somebody to help mm-hmm. you figure out what's going on with the changes in your body. And mm-hmm. just imagine how many women out there have had to go through the same thing yeah. or different situations yeah. where they still need that outside help. Absolutely. And we all hear almost every single day about how women are suffering when it comes to postpartum. And then no one really talks about what dads go through. Let's be honest, you know, so therapy works for everyone in every situation. Bottom line. If you guys are interested in getting some therapy, we highly suggest trying out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, super flexible, so you don't have to change your whole schedule to make it fit. Yep. So there's really no excuse for you not to try it. Literally none. And with this coupon we're about to give you, you're really <laughs> not going to have an excuse. With this little code, visit BetterHelp.com slash Black True Crime today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Black True Crime and get 10% off your first month. Okay? Protect your peace, protect your space, and protect your mental health. Period. Okay, back to the episode. It wasn't until Monday, November 15th, 1920, when the owner of an old property Sakina had once rented out for one of her brothels was trying to revamp the space. And he wanted to basically, like he knew it was being used as a brothel and he wanted to get a better name for it. So he was going to rent it out to these really nice folk. Okay. The property needed a new plumbing system. So the owner sent this nephew and the nephew's name is Ahmed Mercy out to the property to install it. While Ahmed was there, he had to go under the floors to see what was going on. And he found something. He was using a hatchet to dig up the floorboard and the area underneath when his hatchet suddenly hit something. At first, he thought it was just a pipe. But whatever it was had the worst smell in the motherfucking world. Oh, wait. Mm -hmm. So he stuck his hand down there. Don't know. He was bold. He was bold. Okay. Stuck his hand down there to investigate further and he grabbed something and pulled it up. And when he saw it, it was a human arm, Kristen. Good Lord. Could you imagine? I would lose my lunch right then and there. Oh, my God. Police would later learn that the arm belonged to a woman named Nabawiya being Ali, who'd been missing for three fucking months. Good Lord. Three months. So they're hiding bodies, not just digging them graves, Mm-mm. but hiding them under floorboards of the places they rented. I was about to say, bold enough to leave bodies in places that they don't even own. Oh, they're nuts. That could easily be discovered if someone just went looking. This is crazy. Unbelievable. This is a very, like, fast-paced, short-term type of thinking. I know. I know. I don't think that they thought big picture At in all. regards to this. Because they had to have known that they were going to get caught. So, Ahmed was understandably freaked out and mm-hmm. called the police. And Sakina was brought in again. Mm. <laughs> I think she was actually arrested. 
and was questioned about the body found underneath the floor. And just like before, she denied having anything to do with it. And she was let go again. Let go again. Let go again. <sighs> now, by this time, Rhea and Sakina are permanently on the authorities' radar. Okay. They're like, this isn't just a coincidence. Right. So they started paying closer attention to the sisters. And they soon noticed that Rhea would always make sure her house had incense burning. Mm, so she- Kay, you gotta be kidding me. Girl. This woman is not... Okay. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, outside, graves, understood. Mm-hmm. Inside the house... Under the floors. In your own house? Yes. You trifling. Insane. (laughs) So, like, every day she would literally make sure her house was smelling good. She would burn hella incense. And it seems like she's masking a smell. Because it's like, what could your house really be going through that you have to incense it up every single day? You know, and, like, during a murder, there's really not a lot of... Probably not a lot of smells to have Initially, to cover right, right. until the body starts decomposing mm-hmm. is what you would need to cover. Mm-hmm. This is, you're not supposed to crap where you sleep. No. And you're literally doing that. You are doing. Rhea. Yeah. Rhea and Sakina and Hasabala and Ab- Abdul. Mm-hmm. When asked about why she was doing this, her excuse was that because she ran a brothel, her house often stunk of like alcohol and smoke. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to get rid of that, you know, mm. to seem she was a classy bitch. And she didn't want running, that shit lingering. Okay. You running a broth out your own house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the officer who asked her about it was not buying her story. Mm-hmm. And being that she was related to Sakina and they know about the body that was found on the property she used to rent. He decided to report his suspicions to a more senior police officer. Okay. So the senior police officer, and I read that it was a police commissioner to be exact, Mm -hmm. visited Sakina's house and while inside, he noticed that a section of the floor tile looked newer than another section. Ooh. Uh Uh-huh. Here we go. So he ordered it to be pulled up and as soon as it was removed, they smelled a strong scent of decomposition. Golly. You hiding bodies in your own home. The walls. Un. The walls. This gave them probable cause to dig up the whole floor and that's when they found the remains of three more women. Kristen. Were they like wholly intact? Were they cut up, dismembered? Great question. Some of the bodies were in pieces necessarily, maybe because they decomposed that way, mm-hmm. but they were usually found like feet to feet lined mm-hmm. up in their spaces. My and it's God. A lot worse because with this discovery, investigators decided that they should search all the properties that the women had previously lived at or rented out. And when they did, they found the remains of 17 different women. Wow. The remains of 17 women. Holy shit. I mean, and I know they thought, we're big balling. We have a strategy. By the time they find these bodies, we'll be long gone. Who told them that? <laughs> Who told them that? And they're still in the area. They really- Still operating their brothels, just moving- from place to place. They were really smelling themselves. There shit. They were smelling something. Unfortunately, a lot of the women's bodies were so decomposed that they were unidentifiable. And the ones that could be visually identified, only a few actually had loved ones come forward in. Hmm. Like say, hey, this is my, you know, my loved one. Wow. Which led police to think that majority of these women were just transients or runaways and prostitutes. Mm. Which is like, just because you you know have sex for money doesn't mean you don't have a family that loves you that part but you know how people think Mm -hmm. so boom now the police feel like they have unidentifiable proof about both sakina and Rhea 
being murderers. Uh, yeah. And the two, along with their husbands, were arrested. Okay. And then the bodyguards were arrested as well. Okay. During their initial conversations with police, Sakina continued to deny any knowledge or involvement in the murders of those women. She's staying strong. Sakina really, like, stood on that. Probably because she was so scared of Rhea fucking chopping her head off. Mm-hmm. But Rhea didn't hold out as long. What? Mm-hmm. And ended up confessing to the murders first. Why? What was the incentive? I have no idea. I don't know what she was promised or what, but maybe she needed to get that stuff off of her chest. Girl, bye. You started it. And now you're going to be the first one to sell out? Well, she may have started. She may have not. We'll what see. What is going on? We'll see, bitch. Hey, friend, quick question. Have you tried apostrophe yet? Well, okay. First, let me ask, have you even heard of apostrophe If you haven't, let me put you on game. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized acne treatment for your unique skin. And when you hear acne, you're like, oh, okay, like a bunch of blemishes on your face. But apostrophe helps you with so much more. So if you're prone to certain blemishes at certain times of day, or if you just need a really good sunscreen, or even just a more reliable skincare routine that has clinically proven ingredients to help clear your skin, Apostrophe is for you. So if you want to be connected to your own dermatology team, I highly suggest using Apostrophe to get you connected today. My favorite part was how easy it was to fill out all the questions and to get my customized treatment plan. And if you're listening to the show right now, you get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash crime when you use our code BLACKTRUECRIME. So you're saving $15 off the bat. Again, go to apostrophe.com slash blackyoucrime to get started and use our code blackyoucrime to get your first appointment for only $5. Alrighty, back to the episode. While interviewing Rhea, police learned that the killing started in 1919. Mm. So they got caught, remember this is 1921, they started two years earlier. They killed a lot of people in two years. Yeah, they did. She shared details of many of the murders explaining how some of the victims were strangled to death, Some were stabbed to death, some were beaten to death, and some were poisoned with either chloroform or arsenic. Mm. But their favorite method was strangulation. Like, really intimate. Yeah. And it takes a lot of pressure and a lot of strength to strangle someone to death. So that makes me think maybe the women weren't hands-on killing every single one of them, and it was more so the men. Right. That were, it seemed gladly going along with it. I mean, Because yeah. they weren't being held at knife point to stay around. They seemed like willing participants. They was cool. Mm-hmm. And like, look, we got us some boss tail women. And they get to benefit from it with the money. They get to see women in their houses. They probably banged a few of them in the brothels. I mean, shoot. They're they living found their best lives. Sick, sick bitches just as sick as them. Mm-hmm. She also told them where the murders happened, admitting that she rented two more properties for murderous purposes, although they never disposed of any bodies there. So no bodies were found at these two properties. However, if a woman was killed at one of those properties, they would keep the body there for a couple days, and then at night they'd move it to one of their already established burial sites. Kayla, Rhea is spilling all the tea. Everything. Everything. She's telling everything. And maybe she's telling everything because she's trying to Make a deal or right. that's something you know, avoid capital punishment. Something, put some money that I have on my commissary. Mm-hmm. Who knows? 
and this is Egypt, 1921. Commissary probably wasn't commissary. a thing, but <laughs> I feel like everything at that point was life and death. Mm-hmm. So she's probably just trying to save her own life and spill as much as she can. Mm-hmm. When Sakina finally did confess, she showed absolutely no remorse. Which is the one that, like, at the beginning was sick to her stomach. Exactly, exactly. Listen to this. She was quoted to have said, quote, I myself have cut the throats of six women. Oh, my first victim was called Hanim. I leaned over Hanim as if to whisper in her ear. Soon after, death had passed. Oh. Right. And remember, Hanim was right neighbor. And, like, from that situation, from what I read... Uh, Sakina came in and was like, oh my God, what's happening? I don't, I don't know. I don't want this to happen. But now she's claiming she killed her. Right. Very interesting. Kayla, I'm thrown. Mm-hmm. Who did it, for real? We may never know. Mm. She went on to describe how she'd ordered the killing of the second victim by one of the other five in the group because Sakina herself had to run to the store. So from what Sakina's saying, she was the mastermind. giving mastermind. Absolutely. Giving head boss. The victim was 24-year-old Nazla Abueliel, who was actually a friend of the sisters and was having a sexual relationship with one of the bouncers. Oh. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say one of her husbands, one of their husbands. No, um, that like, would oh, make sense. That makes sense. <laughs> but no, it was one of the other men. What the heck? She was a tailor, but also worked in the brothel for extra money. And on January 4th, 1920, she was lured to Rhea's house where she was offered some alcohol. Mm-hmm. And when she wanted to leave, the men grabbed her and put a cloth around her mouth and nose. According to Sakina, this murder was really unnerving for the two women. And probably because they were like actually cool with her in real right. life. And Raya left the room because she just couldn't watch it all go down. And Sakina was too shocked to even move and literally peed on herself like right then and there. But you did it though. Like, why? You condoned you do it, it at least. Exactly. Like, you still lured, you lured her there. Her there. Mm-hmm. You were premeditated with it. And now it's too much for you. Mm. Sakina said, quote, the girl gargled as if her mouth were full of water or as if she were drowning. They held her down until she stopped breathing. Wow. Insane. That's messed up. That's cold. I know. That's and killing intimate. someone that you know, I mean, that's why I was saying, like, they're getting sloppy. They're, they're not thinking about eluding the police or at least the climate in this time and in this region mm-hmm. they didn't give a fuck they no. didn't think they would ever get caught because it didn't matter mm-hmm. the third victim was a young girl whom she lured to the house after promising to tell her fortune as she dealt the tarot card she signaled to one of the other five men and then not other five men but other five people, people mm-hmm. and then quote death passed that way that's what she said she kept saying that when she was talking about it so desensitizing mm-hmm. death passed no you killed her mm-hmm. quote after a throat cutting or smothering we took off the jewelry and searched for the valuables which were divided i had to look sharp to make sure i was not cheated out of my share oh they sound like a pack of dogs low down street gutter rats is what it's giving so it almost feels like very evil. You know, like it wasn't like they were taking joy in the murders. It really kind of feels like this was a necessary end mm-hmm. to a mean or necessary means to an end, mm-hmm. which is we want that money. And I think it's kind of like how some rapists think, right? Like rapists that have gone to jail because mm-hmm. their victim survived and was able to point them out. And then mm-hmm. once they get out, they're like, okay, well, I'm just going to make sure that my victim's not able to identify me. Idiot. Therefore, take their life. 
even though that's a, a worser charge. I know, but hey, if you don't get caught for mm-hmm. it, you can keep going. Mm-hmm. Sakina told police that within the last year of operating, she'd only made about 8,000 Egyptian pounds, Kristen, which comes out to $250 U.S. dollars today. Mm-hmm. Insane in the fucking membrane. She even kept a record of all the jewelry and money she's stolen from these women, along with how much she had to pay her accomplices after each murder. Because remember, everything has to be split up. Yeah. Six ways. Yeah. And she kept a ledger of this. She's a businesswoman. It's a part of their business, Kristen. Mm-hmm. This is sick. This is actually the fucking mastermind. sick. I don't know if she's the mastermind, but she definitely seems to be the most comfortable out of Rhea and, and herself. In dealing with the murders. Or yeah. talking about them. At, le- at least talking about them. When police interviewed Rhea's daughter, who was nine years old at the time, she pointed the finger at her aunt, Sakina. Ooh. And said that she watched her aunt and her husband commit murders through a crack in the wall. So, like, this nine-year-old girl had witnessed them taking women's lives. This is too much. The trauma. Oh, my gosh. The exposure that she has at such a young age. To murder. To murder, Kristen. Capital offense. This is sick. Eventually, though, everyone would provide their own version of a confession, and it was ultimately determined that all six of them were responsible for robbing, killing, and disposing of these women. Period. However, when it came time for the trial, both sisters switched up their stories and claimed that it was, in fact, their husbands (laughs) and the two other men that were the murderers and that they were just forced to be accomplices. They are some snakes. Sneaky bitches. Venomous snakes. Sneaky ass bitches. And I'm sure the men are looking doo-doo-doo like, what? <laughs> wait, wait a minute, you say. You know. Right. We was, we was in this together. Mm-hmm. So they claimed that they were threatened by these men that if they didn't participate, they'd be killed next. Rhea even went as far as to say that she was beaten by the men if she protested what they were doing. Oh, she's such a lie. Mm-hmm. I don't, personally for me, I don't believe it because let's be clear. None of these women would even have entered this brothel or their houses with their guards down without these women. Yeah. You have to go into that being manipulative, knowing that you're walking them essentially to their death. I mean, and even if, oh, they forced you to bring those women in so they could kill them, right? You got to look at the money trail. Mm -hmm. Who's getting the money? Because if it's a split type Mm -hmm. stuff and y'all are all equally getting paid, nobody manipulated you into anything. You got paid for it just as much as the next person did. Exactly, sister. So it kind of makes you think like, okay, if you're claiming that you were a victim as well, Mm -hmm. victims don't like financially benefit or benefit at all from stuff like this. And even so if it they, doesn't look good. And even if they financially benefit, it wouldn't be as much as the person who's orchestrating Correct. the entire thing. But this was like split pretty evenly amongst everyone. That's what it's given. Very crazy. Even though the court only saw Rhea and Sakina as accomplices. So officially when all was said and done, they weren't seen as the main perpetrators. The men were actually considered to be the main perpetrators, their husbands. And Rhea and Sakina were just seen as accomplices, but didn't really fucking matter because on Monday, May 16th, 1921, Chief Magistrate Ahmed Bek Musa sentenced Rhea, Sakina, Hasabala, Abdul Ayel, Orabi, and Abdul Razik to death. Ooh. Mm-hmm. All of them. Give them the shot. Mm, mm, mm. 
He also sentenced a man named Ali Muhammad Hassan to five years in prison for buying some of the jewelry of these women from the group. Period. So they're like, you know. Like, you ain't getting off. Get here. You had to have an idea of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Because of the judgment, Rhea's daughter was sent to an orphanage. Because obviously, like, her parents are... In jail. Or going, going to, to the chair. Be killed. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, she died in a fire at the orphanage when she was only 16 years old. That really freaking sucks. Isn't that crazy? So now they have no living children. No. None of their children survived. And it was never really determined if the fire was intentional or not. But still, it's just the luck luck that they've had in the sense of losing people close to them is is fucking wild. And tragic. Rhea and Sakina were the first women in Egypt to be sentenced to death what? in like modern Egypt. I'm sure, you know, ancient a right. lot of women were killed, but they were the first women in modern days. And to be fair, there were other active serial killers in the area at the time. For example, a man named Mahmoud Alam was found to be responsible for a series of female murders. Mm. So he was killing women mm-hmm. around the time. But for some reason, the media decided to focus on the salaciousness of Rhea and Sakina's case. And we all know why. Why, sister? Women killing women. You know, mm. who would ever think women are perpetrators in murdering people, let mm-hmm. alone other women? Yeah. There are many articles where the men involved in the murders weren't even named Kristen. Like, Rhea and Sakina's husbands will only be referred to as Rhea and Sakina's husband. <laughs> the media didn't even bother publishing pictures of Ahmad and his brother. Wow. The two security guards. Just fucking wild. The women stole the show. Girl. The media also liked to focus on the fact that a lot of the victims were likely prostitutes and essentially blamed them for their own deaths. Please. Because they were living, quote, immorally and died while satisfying their, quote, satanic desire okay but the same person who's probably writing this paper went up in that brothel and oh, got yeah. service was a regular i was like this is unfucking believable because no one has a problem with the men that were paying these women for their services men who were actually like more so married you a know par- what i'm saying not like, only married a part of the government a part of the very yes. probably judicial system that says this is wrong we all know what it is the hypocrisy of it all mm-hmm. the fucking misogyny mm-hmm One article literally described the women as the following, quote, a slim, small woman, attractive in appearance, named Sakina, and the chief cutthroat, a little blackish man of villainous aspect called Rhea. Ah, they came for Rhea! (laughs) That is not funny, but like, I couldn't fucking believe it. I I couldn't like she's she, the man. She was a little rough. Yeah, but, but like, damn. Blackish, which are you racist? A no little short. Thing. Like, why did you have to come for her? That's <laughs> messed up either way. Yeah, really, really fucked up. And it just shows you like where their minds were. They were fucking, the media was just super toxic, probably written by a bunch of men and probably still the same today. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know we can cut up because, hello, we're not running no newspaper that millions <laughs> of people will see. Yeah. But like, if you have the responsibility of sharing news to the world right you can't cut up like that like i'm not gonna write call a woman a little blackish man (laughs) a villainous aspect ridiculous (laughs) that is not even shade it's just like the ultimate disrespectful (laughs) not that she deserves respect but like damn damn you don't have to come for her looks like that damn while in jail 
Rhea tried killing a guard. <laughs> she went on a hunger strike. She even tried to kill herself by stabbing herself in the chest with a knife. Dang. Yeah. Which led to her being placed in solitary confinement until she was killed. And on Wednesday, December 21st, 1921, Rhea and Sakina were hanged. Probably right next to each other, holding Shit. hands. Soup's rough. I mean, who knows? They probably wrote it out together till the end. I wonder how their relationship I wonder was too. at the end. Yeah. Sakina's last known words before her death were, quote, I'm a strong woman and I'm going to be hanged at the place where strong people stand. I killed 17 women and I fooled the government, end Ooh, quote. No remorse. No remorse. She was the ringleader. That's what I'm, I'm what I'm thinking is when they try to say, oh, we were the victims, kind of in the sense of like, we weren't the ringleaders. Mm-hmm. And the court saw, like, okay, you guys were just accomplices. I think that's what she means by fooling the government. Maybe. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Because I'm like, you know, they clearly see that you're still responsible for what has happened, but not as culpable. Right. And so in her mind, it's a win. Yeah. Even though she's going to die. Either way. She fooled the government. Yep. She killed women. I don't know what the hell she's proud of that for. Dunna. If anything, she should have said, I made this amount of money if it was about the money. Right. But it wasn't. Mm-mm. I mean, it was about the money, but other things, too. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're sick in the head, you're going to do sick things. Yeah, it's giving mad ego. Mm-hmm. There have been multiple film adaptations made about Rhea and Sakina, with the first one dating back to 1953. Mm. There was another one in 55 and then another one in 83, and a TV show was made as recently as 2005 Ooh. Mm-hmm. that depicted Rhea as always being pregnant, being super conniving, and too tolerant of her lazy thief of a husband. Ooh. Hasbala. Hasbala. While Sakina was shown as an attractive but alcoholic woman who wanted to stay out of trouble along with her husband, but was always dragged into some illegal shit by her sister Rhea. Even though if that's true. The show was basically like Rhea and her husband were always looking for a handout or a way to make money and they couldn't do it by themselves. So Rhea always involved Sakina. Mm-hmm. It's like Sakina's grown. Like, you know, 10 years apart from your sister, I get it. But bitch, I can make my own decisions. And if I didn't want to do it, I didn't have to do it. And even if it started like that, I do not think it ended that way. Mm-mm. At all. Not from what Sakina's saying out of her own mouth, what she told police. That's what I'm saying. The remains of only 14 women were found out of the 42 that the group was suspected of murdering. So there are still women out there that have yet to be found. And it's not to say that Rhea and Sakina and the group were even responsible for those because, like, we know other serial killers were active. Mm -hmm. Um, But still, there's a lot of women that had their lives stolen from them in a time that there just weren't resources for police to fight and look for them and, you know find who did this and so they're they are dead yep. with no acknowledgement yep there are people that believe Rhea and sakina were just scapegoats in this case that were used to vilify women and paint us as lustful murderous creatures but at this point over a hundred years later it's up to you to decide mm. what you believe mm, what do you guys believe what do you guys think at this point obviously i wrote the research but i'm thinking where are the men? When were the men murdered? Executed. Right. Couldn't find that anywhere. No one even wrote about their passing because they didn't give a fuck. It was about Sakina and Rhea. But I hope they died on the same day that they did, right next to them up on that 
hanging thing. I'm hoping everyone was held accountable and they didn't find a way to not get their sentence because for these women to be put to death and then pretty quickly after they were even found guilty mm-hmm. and these men were, it just... But you see, like, the muddiness of things because here we are knowing that these women did it, Mm -hmm. but injustice can still weed in Mm -hmm. by the men not getting what they deserved as well. Yep. Which genuinely hope that they did. Yep. And I didn't watch the TV shows or, like, the movies or anything like that, but I did read that they were kind of portrayed in, like, more so comedic tones. The men? No, the the sisters like Mm. when they were depicting what was going on it wasn't like a drama or like a murder documentary like we are used to it was more so like a comedy Mm. type of vibe which is very interesting considering so many women lost their fucking lives i would say what's funny what's funny that pretty fucking gross two women led to the demise of a whole bunch of women right what's funny about that Rhea and Sakina were definitely highlighted and these victims were not. As you guys will see, we don't have any pictures of their victims. I mean, nothing like that. And I know it was 1920, so there may not be a lot of paper trail. Mm -hmm. But I mean, damn, not one picture of a victim. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace to the victims. Rest in peace to the victims. I blame the toxic ass media of the time and then toxic ass media of today. I can't even go on Facebook or Instagram without wanting to fucking throw my phone across the room. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Let us know what you guys thought about this case. Let us know who you thought was the ringleader. Mm-hmm. We would love to know. And yeah, that's our case for this week. Period. Period. Thank you guys so much for listening. Every single week, y'all are faithful and we mm-hmm. love you. We appreciate you so much. Mm-hmm. Y'all are about to be uncles and aunties and cousins. I'm so excited. And yeah, anything else, Kristen, before we go? No. All right. Well, as you all know, be, be safe. safe. Protect your peace and protect your space so we don't have to cover your case, friend. Love you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can stream all of our episodes on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even Facebook. It's the best way to help the show grow, and it's completely free. For bonus content, you can find us on Patreon. And for more information about the show, you can visit BlackTrueCrime.com. See you next time.